Hello, my friends, and welcome to the eighth episode of Control Issues. Last week on Thursday, I was able to sit down with my dear friend Adam and talk about a, such a wide variety of topics. We uh, met together on Facebook Live from the comfort of both of our own homes as we are in this lovely quarantine, um, coronavirus, all that jazz. So I am so grateful that he was able to meet up with me amidst some technical difficulties. I definitely have a lot to learn on the production side of doing things. So I'm incredibly grateful for anyone who tuned in to Facebook Live or for anyone that is listening right now. You can catch us next week as well on Facebook Live. I'll be doing those until the quarantine is over and then we'll just have some audio up and kind of keep it a little spicy and maybe put up a live one every now and then. So if you want to check us out, follow us on, I say follow us, like I have a mouse in my pocket. You can follow me and control issues um, on Facebook for any updates and to watch our live performances. We also have it, excuse me, I also have an Instagram page, um, control issues 19. So those are the best ways to get the information. And if you're listening, you can now find control issues on Spotify and iTunes, which is so cool. Those iTunes people, they're very particular about how you put up your podcast. So thank you so much for everyone who's tuned in and let's get have a listen for episode eight of Control Issues. All right, hello everyone. After many uh, vain attempts to, see what I did there, um, to get this going, uh, this is episode eight and the second Facebook Live. Well, I guess we'll we count this as the third Facebook Live of Control Issues. Um, here with me is the lovely Adam, dear friend of mine. Hey, from a big thing. <laughs> so, you know, with his classic super zoomed in, I wish I could tell you that I didn't have like six or seven photos of you like that on my phone that came from when we were taping in the studio, but I do. So, um, yeah, so thanks everyone who is here and joining us. And I appreciate everyone's patience as we figure this out because uh, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm learning a new skill. Someone asked me earlier today, um, what's something you learned this year? And apparently something I can add to my fourth year of sobriety. Um, so Adam, most people know you, you're pretty well acclaimed, but you want to give us a quick little intro, a reader's digest version of yourself. Yeah. My, if you uh, know. my name's Adam. Congrats on the three years, by the way. This is huge. Well, thank you. I, feel I appreciate that. I get to be part of this. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Came a long way, man. <laughs> uh, so who am I? Ugh. Yeah, like, well, I don't know. I, I try to figure it out every day. Um, mm -hmm. I used to be a junkie. I used to be um, an athlete. I used to, I still kind of am. I jog a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like to play dodgeball when I can tennis. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. When you said you used to be an athlete, what'd you play? I played football in high school and in college. Oh. And uh, following your dad's footsteps, right? Yeah, my dad was an NFL player. He played for the uh, Colts, the Seahawks, and the Jets. And yeah, so I just I knew when I was a little kid. You know, I was really shrimpy. I played a lot of soccer when I was a little kid, but my dad was always like a behemoth. Like he was big dude. And uh, so for those of you who don't know, Adam is very tall. He is not a shrimpy guy anymore. <laughs> I was though. Back in the day I had like a pompadour haircut. I haven't seen my hair since high school, really. Wow. <laughs> but uh but yeah, it was it was cool because uh, you know, 
in regards to, you know, spiritual matters or anything involving higher power of God, I really wasn't, you know, I was raised Jewish uh, and Christian with a heavy emphasis on Jewish out of bar mitzvah and everything. But my parents never really gave me any real belief system. I never really understood anything about spirituality or I learned Hebrew school, different stuff. But the one thing my dad gave me um, was just like a belief in myself to an extent. Mm-hmm. He used to tell me when I, when I was younger, like I wanted to play football and he wouldn't let me because uh, he wanted me to wait till I got to high school. And he used to tell me all the time, you know, you will be good. And if you want to earn a scholarship, you, you'll be able to. So do you think, um, like I have a good bit of friends who are Jewish. Um, I like to think of myself as part of like, I know a lot about the Jewish culture to an extent, right? Like not being a Jew, but do you feel like yours was more like religious upbringing of Judaism or were you culturally raised? Like, cause some of my friends have said, oh, well I'm Jewish, but not religiously, just culturally, which was it for you? Or was it kind of a mix of both? It was a mix Sex. of both. It's, there's different sects of Judaism in the culture itself. Okay. So I'd, I'd say it was, uh, I was culturally, you know, I adhered to high holy days and stuff, but like we didn't, mm-hmm. one time, <laughs> one time my dad took us out of school to go for Yom Kippur services and we're, we're 10 minutes into the, into the services and he looks at us and he's like, you guys want to go see, uh, we'll go see a movie. <laughs> So we uh, we went and saw Blue Crush that that circle chick movie. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, I have never been a huge fan of the beach. Shocking, I know, with my pale skin. But that movie, I was like, I'm gonna be a surfer. Like that would be so cool. Right. But it did not happen at all. I swim. I like to swim, but I definitely don't like the beach because I just fry. I mean, I got sunburned. I don't know if you can still tell. I got summer is going away like a week ago, sitting outside reading for a few hours. And I had on sunscreen. I have on sunscreen right now, and I've been in my house all day. Um, I'm the same. But it could go back to something probably more exciting than my pale skin. Um, so you are a musician, not just an athlete. You want to talk a little bit about self-will run? Before we get to that, before we get to that. Okay. Can you can you share with what you've been reflecting on today, like how you've been feeling, what kind of emotions or thoughts you've been having with your oh, three years? My three year thing. I felt it felt different than last year. So like last year, I felt awful. I was very unhappy picking up my chip at year two. Um, this year is different, right? Like I don't have a meeting to go to to look forward to like, oh, I get to go pick up my chip. And it's not about me. It's about showing the newcomer this program works, right? Like when someone gets up and picks up any chip from zero to any year, um, it's about showing people that people stay sober. And I think it's really important right now. But that's that's not happening this year. So I was like, oh, maybe it'll just be another day. But this year, I've been so overwhelmed with love. Like, Random people that I haven't talked to in forever. Sorry, my cat is going to be super annoying today. Like, he will not leave me alone. Um, but just so overwhelmed with people reaching out to me and telling me congratulations and talking about what a wonderful person I am. And I don't feel like I'm that great of a person most days. So it was kind of nice to see that people cared about me. And I'm just so grateful. I talked to my first sponsor last night about it. And I was like, remember the person I was three years ago? <laughs> annoying. Like, pretty much, you know, very bottom of the barrel type person and not fun to be around. And, you know, now I want to be around people and I want to bring love to other people. Um, you know, 
I posted a TikTok about it, like 5,000 people saw it. Um, and the coolest part is some dude commented on it about how he's looking to get connected with people in Phoenix. And I know some folks in Phoenix who are involved in a fellowship. And so hopefully I can get him connected because that's what this is about, right? Like, yeah, it's great that I got three years. I'm really excited and kind of proud of myself. But if that can help someone get connected, that's just starting out. That's really cool. So that's kind of what I'm feeling. I mean, it's kind of like when you have a birthday and it doesn't feel that much different, but it's cool this year. It feels nice to be loved. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but I always feel like I'm shit, you know, and not the shit, just shit, you know. Like, like, so, uh, emotion, like, like emotionally shit. Like, is that what you said? Like my default state is is it has been in the past. Is this existential angst? So like mm, meaninglessness. Mm -hmm. What's the point of anything? Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I would refer to that as my my uh, that's been my default state for the last couple of years until recently. Well, that kind of touches on like what I talked about last week with, you know, why I stopped doing this for a while is I felt like I had nothing to offer. And what was the point? Right. I swear I said that like a thousand times in the last six months. Like, what's the point of any of this? I kept doing it because I know that there's like my life is definitely better now. And I'm talking about like I kept doing the sobriety thing, right? Like kept working steps, kept talking to my sponsor, kept having sponsees, like that kind of thing and going to meetings and being involved. But there was always that lingering question that you're talking about, like, what's the point? Like, why am I doing this every day? And that shifted a lot recently. And now, especially with this quarantine, like I think even more so I felt more connected to the program, more connected to the fellowship, even though I'm not in the same room as someone, you know, shout out Zoom. Oh, yeah. Maybe they yeah. created the coronavirus, but yeah, it's a yeah. it's a tough balance because you know you can you you find yourself identifying with the things you do for your recovery, and we don't even mean to, but, mm -hmm. it, but it becomes kind of like a it can become some sort of a coping mechanism to an extent, rather than really getting ourselves out there and, and continuing to get or experience discomfort in, in real in the real world that we know we're safe in our community, you know. Yeah. And we and we know people and we feel, you know, we there's a hierarchy that gets established, you know, and, and we, we begin to believe we're we're we have to be a certain way because of yeah. who we've become. And it's just not true. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That was rude. I'm so sorry. Um, and then there's also the like, hey, Spencer, um, there's also the aspect of like. Sometimes I feel pigeonholed in the rooms, right? Like I'm not brand new anymore. I don't have a ton of time. I seem to get shoved into a secretary role at every service thing that I do. And like that hierarchy you're talking about or, or some form of like, where do I fit into the, this program? Um, I got resent or I became resentful at that, right? Like, oh, this is all, all I am as a secretary when what I was doing was like, helping other people. And that's what it's about. And I take pretty damn good notes. So it's not a bad job to have. Right. Um, but that feeling of like, where do I belong? I felt that before I got sober and I really didn't feel that again until this last year, like, well, now I'm not new anymore and I'm not really an old timer by any means. Like, what is my role here? How do I continue to show up? And some selfish amount of like, what is this doing for me? You know, um, so, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Well, I, I look at it as, as all the things I do to maintain my sobriety are, are for me, you know? And part of that process right. is being willing to sit down, communicate, share with people, be of service whenever I can. But by no means is my sobriety or my recovery, I, I don't want that to be my life. I didn't get sober to be the best share in an AA meeting or to be have the right. on C's or have the answers. Like, I don't, I don't need to have the answers. For a long time, I felt like I had to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really like I'm just another fucking drunk or a drug addict who luckily has not done a drug or hope today, right. you know. And no yeah. one has this thing licked. And, and also, this is the other thing I've been, like, hyper-focused on is, like, to fully admit to myself that I don't know where I'm going and I never mm-hmm. have. Mm. So, so the idea is I want to, I want to alleviate myself of all expectations, all ideas of what I think I should be or what I think I want. So I can, so I can feel led or guided or as they talk about the intuition, you know, the intuition begins to commandeer our, our, our senses. Mm. To me, that's way more powerful than, than sticking to a regiment because, because this is what I love so much about 12 step recovery is the program itself. Um, the program aligns itself to the individual. It's all right. individually focused. It's between you and your conception of whatever, for me, whatever my misunderstanding of the universe is. Yeah. And no, there's no, there's no one way to do anything. It's like um, everybody has a different experience. And and the the crinkle shirts right i think i've talked about that on the podcast before that i don't know if everyone remembers those like crinkle shirts from the early 2000s where they were like one size fits all but they never looked the same on anyone i like what you're talking about i was like technically the program is one size we have the same steps but everyone has a different experience in it everyone's going to look different in those shirts and i know it's a weird analogy it makes sense to me maybe it'll make sense to someone else do you feel like your ability to have that perspective, because I'm not there yet, right? Like, and that's one of the things I like about talking to you is that you have these awesome perspectives that shift mine. Um, last week we talked about meditation and I know you're a big meditator, if that's the right word. Um, I would like to do better at that. Like, do you think that your process through meditation helps you to see things more clearly as a whole? Or, or do you just love to meditate? <laughs> help me meditate, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So with meditation, it's, it's important. I think it's really important to understand the difference between meditation and mindfulness. Okay. So mindfulness, mindfulness is just being aware that I'm thinking. So it's recognizing that, that the truest part of me is the part of me that is observing life happen. Mm -hmm. So mindfulness is being aware that I'm thinking. And if I can start to be aware start to be mindful that I'm thinking, I've begun to meditate to an extent. Okay. And and there's everybody has their own way of doing it. Some people like to go to the ashram. Some people like to get the yoga mat out. Some people meditate in movement. But all meditation truly is, is a, recogni- is a recognition of what's actually happening. The, hmm. the trick is to alleviate yourself of all narratives, all labels, and all conceptions of what this is. So the idea would be when I sit outside 
you know, I'm listening to, to music. I'm listening to the birds. I'm listening to my breath. I'm watching the trees. And I'm just like, whoa, this is fucking dope. What is all this shit? Is that a cat? What's a caterpillar? What's a tree? Like you recall these things, these things. It's all, it's a process of dumbing myself down. Right. Is meditation. Meditation is entering a space where there's no separation between me and the environment. It's all one happening. Well, maybe that's what I've been missing, right? Is that you talking about like, or let me word this a different way. In my head, meditation is something that I need to get better at. I need to do more of. I need to do, 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 do. And I think I've missed the whole boat of like what the purpose of meditation is for or mindfulness, right? Like I've missed that it's not an action and this like thing I need to check off my list because that's who I am, right? Well, I have to be a better meditator. And meditation that I am doing is helping, but maybe that's why it hasn't gotten to the point where I feel like I'm getting some kind of relief from it or some different perspective is I'm just trying to do an action and not allowing it to be an experience, which is what all of this is. It's probably why when I work too hard on a fourth step and think way too much into it, I don't feel like anything happened. I don't know if that's the right perspective on that, but... It, uh... Yeah, so so this is what's been helping me a lot recently, and this is kind of this is kind of Taoist and kind of Zen. Ooh, I like it. But uh, but I, I don't do things unless I want to anymore. Okay. So the idea is, if I know I'm overthinking, if I know I've got so much stuff going on that the the idea for me to sit there and be still is a challenge, right. I will not do it. It means there's something else I should be doing. Whether calling a person, calling a friend, checking in on sponsee, you know, writing, exercising, I should be doing anything else. When I meditate, or I guess when I, I don't even call it meditation. When I take space to really, mm-hmm. to really experience, right. I take space for myself. That's it's um, you know, it's. Alan Watts has a great perspective on it. He basically says there's nowhere to go and there's nothing to get from meditation. Hmm. Okay. That it truly is, is like, it should just be an enjoyable experience, just like playing music. It should just be something you do. Uh, what, what I think what worked, what has been really helpful for me throughout the day is really prayer combined with mindfulness. Okay. So a lot of time it's like I realize throughout the day I, I click myself into the moment and go, okay, let me just universe will not mind. Universe will not mind. I do mantras. Okay. And that brings me back to the moment. And that's, right. that's the only place I really need to be. And and as an addict and alcoholic, we're lucky because if I can't get there, there's shit I can do. I can start calling people. Mm-hmm. I can get in other people's lives when mine is not enjoyable. Right. Oh, and I love prayer. It's my favorite thing. I love to talk. So it's fun to pray. Um, So do you feel like your music like is one of the more meditative experiences you have? Or is it just part of a meditate? Like watching you perform seems like you're you're there. You're not even like in the crowd. It's you doing music. And it's an incredible experience, right? For those watching. Like it's almost like we got to be a part of you having this like experience that any good musician in my opinion is not really necessary like they can tune it all out right like the handful of times that i have had 
experiences with music because you know I'm a musician not the same way um where I was like really attached to a piece specifically like Liberty Fanfare by John Williams was one of my favorites I felt like nothing else was around me like I was just playing you know and it was cool like it's hard to explain what that feeling is like does it feel meditative to you or it's the best feeling in the world okay (laughs) somewhat totally off base right no you're not I'm so that's why I was smiling so much when you said it is because I have, I haven't heard it. Mm-hmm. I've felt it yeah. and I've known it, but I haven't heard, heard it. I haven't heard someone say it, but it's. So, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. This is weird. Cause I'm not in the same space. So I don't mean to step on your toes. I apologize. That's all right. But it's, it's like this, the best way I've, and I've thought about this, I've tried to understand it, but the best way I can really understand it is it's like a form of martial art for me. Mm, okay. When I get up there, I'm on the stage, I have the microphone and the music is playing. It's it's the truest form I've found that allows me to express myself in totality. So it's got yeah. it's got all my heart and soul in the lyrics, in the in the rhythm, in the flow, in the instrumentals. Everything every ounce of who I am has been invested in creating the product. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm performing it, I get to I basically get to express it. In, in the form of my body with movement and my voice. And it's, 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 it's like the perfect form that I've found to express me. Um, mm-hmm. So, and when that moment clicks and I'm in it and I'm, and I'm rapping and I'm moving to the move, movements and I'm engaging with the crowd or whatever, if, 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 if I, if I go at, approach it, you know, with, with, uh, with humility, it, it becomes a it becomes a, a space where I, I experience an empty mind, where where I essentially cease to exist, and all that that there is 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 this expression and this and this engagement with whoever may be there. Um. So, um, hopefully, this can fit into what you were just saying a little bit. I think Keaton brought up a good question. He asked the question of what do you do to stay in the present. Right. So you're there and you're presently in the music, but also like in general, what do you do to stay in the present? Not just while performing in everyday life. What do I do to stay in the present? Yeah, that's not something I'm super great at to an extent. Depends. Yeah, it, but. It, it just takes a little bit of mindfulness. It just takes a little bit of awareness that this is the only moment that has ever happened. Right. It's happening right now. And it's infinite. Like there's nowhere else we'll ever be other than right now. I think for me, a lot of staying in the present, I've been able to enjoy more experiences. A lot of it, it comes from not being on my phone as much. Right? Like for instance, if I'm driving and something looks really beautiful, yeah, I could take a photo of it, but I found some I've been able to, I've been able to enjoy those moments outside or with my friends by putting down my phone that allows me to be present. And I know that's like a boomer view on presence, but also if I'm, you know, if it has nothing to do with being present in a situation, prayer works for me. Um, sometimes when I'm like floating away from the situation and way in my head or way somewhere else, the serenity prayer is basic, but it works for me, right? Like I can say the serenity prayer, I become grounded and I'm like, okay, here I am. What am I? What's going on? How can I be in this moment and not be thinking about 
you know, what, how did my Georgia State application go? Or, you know, which sixth Tuesday from now, what am I going to feed myself? Like crazy stuff like that comes into my head. Like I future trip really bad um, or go to the past, right? Like, you know, that one person who commented on my Facebook post that knew me 10 years ago might be thinking like, what the fuck does she know? You know, um, or wow, she's got like, they might have some stories, but I don't know. I'm rambling on on that. But I think that's a good question of like, how do you stay in the present? It's a struggle I have because I'm constantly over here and not right here. Um, yeah, that's that's that literally is the game of life that you're describing. Yeah. For us as alcoholics and addicts, we've got all this stuff coming in through our minds. It's taking right. forward. It's taking us backwards. It's like we're literally doing karate chops at whatever's showing up, you know, all day long. That's like a Mac moment. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the game. Like that's what, that's why I get so excited about this stuff is because it's, it doesn't, there's always going to be something new and something new challenging and it's all happening inside ourselves. So, right. so the idea is like, and I guess this plays into all the stuff I do, you know, is I've got this one life to live. And if I can, I want to be, I want to be able to master life to an extent. And life, mm-hmm. it's an internal experience that projects outwardly. So, so the way I see myself and, and well, not even that, but the way it's that Gandhi thing, be the change you want to see. But like, mm-hmm. I can get the tuning fork of who I am op, uh, vibrating at a frequency that that that's all open and love and, and and lack of judgment and 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 presence. You know, that is going to be a benefit to whoever I interact with. But to get there, to get there, we got daggers constantly. Daggers. Why didn't you do this ten years ago? You know, you have to be here tomorrow. You know. Mm-hmm. And so, and so the, the journey and the challenge is figuring out how to honestly, how to live with who I am, you know, mm. and how to, and how to basically recognize that those thoughts, you know, well, I have to figure out how to, I have to figure out how to, because everybody's different, you know, right? how to live with my programming and then, and then take, take actions to, to basically reprogram myself. What do those actions look like when you're talking about, like, I have to be okay with who I am? Like, I can only speak for myself, but I know it's a female problem as well. Like, being okay with me is the biggest struggle that I have today, is accepting me. So what actions do you take that you just talked about? Like, are those actions step work? Is it through therapy? Is it through something totally else to be like, yeah, I'm okay with whoever, like, like for me to get up and say, I'm okay being Zora today. So the, the first thing is I have to accept that I am not who I think I am. Okay. And I'm not who you think I am. Mm. So I have to really get to understanding that just like we said earlier, that I've never know, I've never known where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I also have to recognize that I've, I, I don't know who I am. Hmm. Okay. Um, but the actions, actions to get there, you know, uh, you know, for me, like I, I'm similar to you in the sense that I got a to-do list, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm future tripping about things I need to do, I write them on a list. Mm-hmm. Okay. Out of me, you know, I have to, all this creative stuff I have to do. 
It gets me out of me. I have to work with sponsees. It gets me out of me. I don't necessarily know if I have to go to meetings anymore. I'm, I'm staying social distance, like, uh, like straight up, like this has been the shit. Uh, yeah. You love it. I'm dying inside. So I think our, our like questions on the side, which are a little lagged. So if, if we're behind on a question, I'm really sorry, but Chris Luter brought up something that kind of relates to presence and meditation, right? He said, um, if you don't have a daily routine for meditating and you just do it when you need to, how do you recognize when that needs to happen? So it's not a need. So, okay. so for me, meditation is a get to. Like, yeah. Like I get, I get to wake up in the morning and, and have time to sit with myself and look at the trees and listen to music and breathe. Like that's a get. Mm -hmm. um, in the beginning like in the beginning, I think it was way more important for me just to get out of myself. So it was, it was way more okay. important for me to be active in the lives of other people. And I, I got to get my mind thinking of others. Uh, that was the beginning. And a lot of times it was just me dumping whatever I'm feeling on people that were willing to receive me. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, th I hope that answers the question. How do I recognize when it needs to happen? Yeah, I don't think um, that's a great question, Chris. I don't think, uh, I don't think it's a need to. I think it's a get to. I think, and I think some of it's like intuitive eating, which there's all sorts of people who would agree or disagree on intuitive eating, but you know, like, you know, when you're hungry, right? Um, or you should, right? Know when you're hungry or when you're thirsty, right? Like, maybe that's how you, like, there's some extra sense. It's like, okay, it's time to meditate. Here's what I'm feeling. I get to meditate. And I like that you brought that up. So Is that with? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just, I just had another thought that, that the meditation, the root word of that is to reflect. Mm -hmm. so in the big book in the inventory at night. There's a seg segment on page 86 that, that at the, at night, before we go to sleep, we reflect on right. how our day was. That's a form of meditation. We're literally, we're sitting there. We're aware that we're thinking and it's asking us questions in the text. And we just think about it. We reflect. Yeah. That may, I like that. And I always forget about that, right? Because there's that section, you know, the, the 10, 11 section of the step work doesn't, I'm not great at doing it every day. I have a reminder on my phone to do daily inventory and I do it, but it's not my strong suit of doing it like religiously. Um, there's in there too. Like I just learned, this, I just learned this from my, my, my new sponsor, but like the, the, the daily or the, the 10 step 10, is yeah. it's like a it's a three sentence thing. It's like, mm -hmm. am I angry, resentful, fearful, or afraid? If I am, I yeah. share it with somebody. That's the first thing I do. Well, first thing it says, pray, ask, you know, say, ask for help. Then you share it with somebody. Then you turn your attention to someone you can help. Right. That's that's step ten. We just do. That. That's it. And then eleven is what we were just talking about. Eleven's that reflection, reflection part, which is meditation. Right. Which I probably could do better at. There's so many things I could do better at, right? But like you mentioned, I get to. I listened to a podcast a long time ago, um, a couple years ago, where she mentioned how like people say like, oh, I have to do, I have to, you know, make dinner or I, I have to go to a meeting or I have to take a call from a sponsee. And then once she shifted that to I get to, right? Like I get to make myself dinner nowadays. I didn't used to 
have an apartment that I paid for to make dinner, right? Like that's a huge accomplishment for me. And it seems silly being 28 that that's something I'm proud of, but it's a big step up in from where I was three years ago. Or like, I get to do this podcast. Like I'm super excited about that. Or I get to take a phone call from a sponsee because someone else got to do that before. Um, your roommate has a litany of questions or items that he has presented, um, including I'm assuming he likes the color of the walls in your room and not mine. Um, but he also brought up a topic. Like uh, his room. <laughs> it, but you're in his room? If we, well, if we get to really the nitty gritty of it, this is his house. So That's true. That's true. Um, but he also brings up a good point of what does integrity mean to you? Why is healing such an integral part of the recovery process? We might as well break that down into two parts. So like, what does integrity mean to you? You want to, you want to go first or me first? Sure. I can go first. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess integrity is rigorous honesty and doing the right thing. And there's an interesting line from Cinderella where she talks about just because something's done doesn't mean that it's always right. And I think that's an important thing for me, you know, because there's lots of things that are traditions in this world that aren't necessarily right. But I have the opportunity to show up, be honest and open about things and continue to do what the right thing is, regardless of if everyone else is doing it. And I don't know if that's the textbook definition of integrity, but for me, you know, I find people who have solid morals and stick to those morals, even when it's uncomfortable and not attractive, that's integrity. Yeah. For me. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, integrity is just, it's, it's doing the right thing, um, even when no one's looking. Yeah. The giving, you know, uh, a protein bar to a homeless man when you're not taking a video of it, right? Yeah, that's or, a mitzvah. Yeah, it's a mitzvah. That I love. Or, or when there's no cop around and still stopping at that four-way stop in the middle of nowhere when you know no one else is coming, right? That's integrity. That's, that's um, doing the right thing, you guys. That's looking out. Exactly. I'm not here to be anyone's mom, but definitely stop at stop signs. Um, <laughs> When, because they're not suggestions, my father would joke about this one stop sign that was in our neighborhood. And he's let me like, it's a superfluous stop sign. It's a suggestion because it it really wasn't for traffic, right? But in other places there are. Um, I have so much respect for people who show up and do the hard thing when it's right. You know, like putting aside wants, external wants to do the right thing, not only internally but for others. I can't say I'm perfect at it, but I try to be like, I try to have that like moral compass in my head because I didn't for so long, right? Like the moral compass went out the window in 2013. So um, now I feel like I'm making up for lost time. <laughs> yeah, I felt that. You, huh? Go ahead. Well, we, can, we can get, we can get woo with this real quick, but, but integrity, there's a, there's a great book called the four agreements. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think you've told me about that before. It's incredible. And one of the agreements is be impeccable with your word. And you know how I am. Like, I, I truly do. I truly believe that our words are a form of magic. The things we tell ourselves and the things that we say about the world around us, we have so much power in creating, in creating a re reality that, that is exciting to live in. And it's all based on our mental narrative and what we mm -hmm. use to allow to express itself through ourselves. Um, and so, one of the things about integrity is like you were saying is like being totally honest uh, mm -hmm. you know, be, and, and also 
being impeccable with your word, which means if I'm not going to do something, I need to express that I'm not going to do it. And if I am, I need to show up and do that. So if I have an idea of who I want to be in my head, and I used to do this when I was practicing chaos magic, I used to think of Don Draper from Mad Men. Right? (laughs) Okay, yeah. I wanted to be like Don Draper. I wanted to be able to walk into a room, be like the lady killer, know what all the creative options were, and, and not give a fuck about what anyone thought. Like I just, I just it. Don D. And so, and so I would think about what it is that, what type of integrity did Donald have? I'll call him Donald. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I can call him. <laughs> so I felt like what kind of integrity did he have? He was a man who spoke his truth and lived by it, regardless of what anyone thought. And he, okay. and so, so for me, you know, being impeccable with your word is like to imagine, you know, who it is, what type of person I'd like to be, and then begin the process of adhering to that, uh, that, that, that idea of, of being. Do you have someone, um, celebrity or, or not, if there's someone else that really shines that light of what integrity is for you? Because I have a few people that I'm like, this is the person that, you know, I don't want to be them, but I aspire to be like them and to behave in an, a very honest way. I was trying to think of a word for integrity, but integral, I don't know if that's that's not right here. Um, do you have someone that you look up to that's a, a really person with a lot of integrity or? I used to. I've had a lot. Okay. I've, I've had a lot. Like Matthew McConaughey is one, and all right, all right, all right. and Bruce Lee, and Stephen Press. Okay. There's all these people, but but they, you never really know who someone is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, not anymore. Now I kind of, I see people, like I see people in my day to day life, and I'm like, like. This morning it was Christian from Christian Jansen. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Just seeing him, and then also James, James Goodson. He, his segment on on Christian's show was so good, and it was like he was truly just being himself, and he was both of them. That, and I was like, man, that's kind of that's. I just like that. Well, and a, a small plug to Christian and the Most High Studios. Um, if you're not following their podcast or if you don't have their app yet, um, go download the app. Go listen to their stuff. It is awesome. They're doing Facebook Lives and Facebook stuff, and they're, they have videos out there. I mean, they're killing the game and doing a lot to give back to the recovery community as well. Um, I'm a big fan. So if you haven't seen it, you can go watch this morning. with It was James and Christian, right? I haven't had a chance yeah, yet. Yeah, it was they saw so you cool. Show. They did – They James did – like featured a couple of movies and they had trailers and they played video. Wow. Yeah. I listened, I listened to it while I was working, but yeah. Someday I'll learn the tech stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Get up to that. I need a tutorial. Where's YouTube when you need it. Right. Oh, okay. um, so um, something that I thought might be cool to talk about. Um, this is a weird time we're in, right? If you're like me, I'm a very extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert. I don't know which way it's supposed to go, but I do not recharge with people, but I love to be around people. Um, This time I've leaned into it, but for the most part, I miss my friends. I miss being able to do things. Maybe some of it's because someone told me I wasn't allowed to do it anymore. But for you, like in this time, 
do you feel like it's awesome? Do you feel like it's helping you heal? Do you feel like you hate it? I don't know. What's your perspective on not the quarantine and the coronavirus specifically as items, but how you're handling the situation? Um, yeah. I threw a lot at you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I threw a lot at you. Sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. I just, it takes me a while to think, to think through stuff. I mean, I, I love it. I've loved it. I'll be quite honest. A friend called me before this uh, and was like asking, he basically was like, I think uh, Trump is going to open up the country again. And my immediate reaction was just total anxious sadness, honestly, because like yeah. I really, I didn't realize how much I was trying to be a certain way, trying to fit into things. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't realize how much I was really, how much use, not useless, but how much energy I was investing that I didn't need to, you know, I really wanted to fit in and I couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, and, and this time being, you know, in quarantine and being, you know, told that like, it's cool to just chill with yourself as and everyone else is, it's given me permission to like really, really learn, really own that. Be like, okay. Right. This is, you know, I, I like, I like sitting outside and looking at trees and music and making dumb videos and making rap. <laughs> Like, we grew up, Get watch, bitch. Yeah. Um, and like I, which I want to explain me what that is. <laughs> no, we can go back to that. Keep going. I like what you're saying. And, and also, it's also taught me that like, you know, I can do things. I can, I can do things. I don't want to say my way because I really try not to, but I can do recovery my way. I, I don't mm. have to. I don't have to break myself trying to fit in, you know? What works for you rather than what works for the masses, right? Because it all, it isn't the same for all of us. And I really related to what you said, where you talked about like, I was trying to be a certain way, right? That's, that's been my whole life. And maybe why I love this quarantine, and this is gonna sound so silly, but like, it's hard to tell in this light, but I dyed my hair purple. And like, I think I've been trying to be this certain person, the, you know, white picket fence sorority girl style person that I've never been, right? And I just need to be weird and be okay with being weird. And is it even weird, right? Who says that maybe I'm not weird and, you know, someone else is weird, who knows, right? What's the definition of that? But my whole life, my skin hasn't quite fit right and trying to find like, is, is it because I feel like I don't fit in my skin or am I not allowing my skin to fit because that's who I truly am, right? And I'm, I don't know who I am, and I probably will spend my whole life trying to figure that out. But at the same point in time, peeling away that, like, facade of I'm trying to be something I think you all want me to be and actually being the person that I am has felt freeing in this quarantine time, even if it took dyeing my hair purple and cutting a bunch of it off, right? Um, I like that you've really enjoyed this time because... It's some people hate it and I'm kind of sick of hearing people talk about hating it. And um, so it's great that you've been able to have a positive experience. Do you think that when the floodgates are open and we're allowed to go back to normal life, whatever normal is, will you go right back to doing everything the same way as before? Or are there things you can take from this time and implement into your life when we get back to quote normal? Yeah, I, 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 I uh, we'll have to find out. I, 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 
you know, I really want to wake up. I mean, right now, just thinking about it is filling me with anxiety. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> it is. Like, the fact that I would have to go to a meeting where I know, like, that, my biggest issue is going places where I know people. Like, I like mm. going places I don't know anybody or I think I don't know anybody and being surprised by someone I know. I like being like, oh, my God, here they are, you know? Like, yeah. oh, it's so great to see you. Yeah, I think if I keep going because I always if I'm always going to the same places, I lose that excitement in that, you know. So, yeah, I, I'm just, I've got a thing written on my wall right here. So there's been a lot of like, I guess, personal healing I've gone through Stefan was okay. through this quarantine of like really some stuff has been coming up that I've that I've been learning how to, to, to process through and understand in a way that I hadn't in a long time. Mm-hmm. And okay. I called a friend and, you know, I've been so resistant to thinking about the future and, and trying to dream and project because of all the shit I got onto, into with chaos magic. Like that shit fucked me up. Like, right. So he advised me the other day. He was like, I, I when I called him, telling him what I had gone through and the, and the emotions I experienced and how I worked through them and how, you know, it's, it's, it, I can be excited about feeling pain now. That was, a, that was the turning point when I was like, Oh my God, I'm experiencing grief and pain and I can be excited about it and not identify with it and not, I can, I can experience it. I can, I can embrace it and I can understand it and recognize it, that it's happening to the character of Adam and it's, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's exciting because it means I'm working through something. Right. And, it, and uh, that shift in perspective, just like making dinner turns into get to dinner, you know, changed mm-hmm. everything for me. And so I called him and I told him about that. And he was like, <clears throat> he basically asked me what I want. Like, you know, you're going through this. Now, you know, I want you to, I want you to visualize what you would like to experience in a perfect world. And so mm-hmm. I, I wrote it down and, uh, and I, and I put it up on my board with, with all my other magic shit, astronauts, right. tattoos, trinkets. This is, it's all stuff yeah. that kind of just, puts me in a, reminds me why I'm doing it and just gets me into a comfortable space, but. Right. So, this is what it says. Will you read, oh, okay. I can read a little bit. You want to read it out loud for us, especially for those who might be listening later on? Yeah. Pretty please. You will wake up somewhere new every day, traveling the world, writing, rapping, interviewing, and performing. You will mm-hmm. take your mom to the Oscars. Heck yeah. That's really cool. And the, and the idea is when I sit down and I see it, it reminds me of something that I can believe is like the idea is I want to, I want to believe it's true. Right. That it's already happened. And miraculously enough, it has. It's felt like every day I wake up somewhere new and I haven't left anywhere. I'm in the same fucking <laughs> house with the same backyard but everything feels new so right it's already right. begun to start working um well and everything. there there's an opportunity to experience some new things in this time with zoom meetings right so we went from you know going to in-person meetings and all of the fellowships seem to quickly throw zoom meetings together so that company is definitely you know probably going to make some money um, through the course of this. But by being able to, so normally I would go to the same 
three, four meetings a week, see the same people, hear the same things. And I could have done better to go to other meetings, but during this, with the Zoom meetings, I can go to a meeting in California, I can go to a meeting in Italy, I can go to a meeting in Alabama, I've sat in a bunch of Birmingham's, and you get to see new people and hear new experiences and different perspectives, and maybe all the Alabama people are sitting in there going, oh, that person always shares that, or, or, and I'm there, and I'm like, oh, wow, I get to hear this for the first time, right? Yeah. So I've liked that experience of like, this is new, right? I never, I don't know, I don't have to see everyone's face anymore. I love you all, but sometimes it's nice to have a new experience. <laughs> Yeah, I I agree. I think it's been awesome. Like I don't I never know where I'm going to be when I log on to a Zoom meeting. <laughs> right. <laughs> see new pets, see new houses. Some people with the virtual backgrounds, I started rocking a virtual background in my Zoom meetings. Um I wish I think is cool. Got to love technology. Um so we've uh, taken up a lot of time, but I kind of want to finish with one thing uh or one comment. So if you had a, it's gonna be hard, but one like sage bit of wisdom to give to someone else, right? Whether they're struggling or doing well or whatever, like if you had one thing, maybe something you've learned in this time or learned in the last year, what would it be? And that's a heavy question to ask with no preparation. Sage wisdom. Let me, yeah. let me summon the spirit of Don Draper, hold on. <laughs> right. I mean, Donald. <laughs> Man, I don't know if I have any stages. Um, uh, I stole mine from Star Wars. If you want me to share mine while you're you're thinking, would that help? Yeah, because I just got one after you said something. So you go ahead so, and share mine. I love Star Wars. It's it's no no secret to anyone who knows me. I mean, I've got an Ewok on me, right, and a stormtrooper, but. So in the latest Star Wars movie, Rise of the Skywalker, um, Leia Organa says, never be afraid of who you are, right? And I know we've talked a little bit about not knowing who you are, but uh, for me, a lot of the fear comes from, well, what if I find out and I don't like that person, right? What if I find out and it's not okay? Um, so I have it written on my mirror to remind myself, like, I, I there's no changing who I am. Well, to an extent, you know what I mean? Like my general who my my myself is as a decent human being um and i don't know hopefully i'm get to a point where i'm like yeah i'm zora and i love myself but still a work in progress so what's your sage wisdom uh yeah well i'd like to comment on that that's really good okay <laughs> go ahead take it away so so who so i've been thinking about this too is like I don't know who I am. I know I'm, I'm whatever is observing this happen. And honestly, when I'm in a space like this, as mm -hmm. inside the mind's eye stuff is some of the truest version of me I can be because it's just me trying to make sense of myself. That's all it really is. Okay. So me trying to make sense of myself is, I don't know. That's, but, but I guess the question is, is like the thing I've been thinking about is like, it's almost as if, what is it that you love? You know, what are the things that you love and um, how can how can you like how can we make like for me, the, the, the game changer, I changed my Instagram status to I like Mario movies, music and podcasts. 
Okay. My name is Adam, and I like Mario movies, music, and podcasts. Right. And I just feel so good about it because those are things I love. Like I love any if we're right. talking about any of those things. I'm I'll be so happy. You know. Right. Um, but on the question of who are who am I? You know that that's. It's almost like the, the who we are is really the whisper, the whisper mm-hmm. behind who we, who we think we are. That's a good point, right? You always bring a lot of good philosophical things for me to think about, right? I'm very rigid, and I need it to be this or that, and someone explained to me how to get to this or that, and so it's a lot, of, or excuse me, there are a lot of great things that you've brought up that I'm going to mull over probably for the next week, because what else am I going to do? Yeah, we're going to come back to this, right? <laughs> right, we're definitely so. Um, so at the deepest I, level, go ahead. What at the deepest level? Let me get this so we can mull on it when it when we're listening. Now. Yeah. On the deepest level, all we are is a biological representation of the universe experiencing itself. It's mm. one expression, and it's and it's it's a to, uh, it's a totality. So so who mm-hmm. I'm interconnected and interlinked to this to this cosmic miracle in the form of consciousness but it, okay. it's also a duality because there's a soul the, the you that shows up with your style the you the you that shows up in, in ways no one else can that's where i think mm-hmm. magic is that's pretty cool so a couple of plugs before we finish a, if you haven't heard any of Adam and Pat's music, you should go listen. Um, do you want to talk about your CD and or your podcast really quickly so the people know what they should be doing with their free time? Because we've got lots of free time. They could be listening to some kick-ass raps. I don't care if that doesn't sound cool. I said it. And <laughs> some more awesome podcasting done by Adam. <laughs> yeah, we just released our new album. It's called Hope. And you can find it anywhere you get your music. Just search self will run it's three words uh you can shoot me a message and i'll send you a cd uh you can find uh you can find our my podcast uh anywhere you get podcasts too uh or at the website you just type in inside the mind's eye uh and it's dot com for the website has everything there uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, feel free to just reach out to me if you want to talk more about any, have any more questions or if you just want a CD, I'll send you a CD. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait for my CD. I'm really stoked. I was also promised a poster from your counterpart. So I hope that I'm getting a poster too. I can just put it right there. Um, probably not. It wouldn't go well with my painting, but, um, so I'm incredibly grateful that you came on today. Thank you. You know, you're, the catalyst of how this all started initially and put up with me for six episodes of production and bullshit and my craziness of being like, does my logo look like garbage? I don't know. Tell me it looks okay. Um, but um, I am grateful. And we did this sort of did this last week. I came on and I talked about um, my hiatus and I, my comeback. And so if anyone wants to listen to that or any of the six episodes before this, I'm going to, Look at that. Make myself a little bigger. Um, but I'll get the handheld production stuff eventually. What? Has it been on me the whole time? Yeah, because you were talking and it was important to focus on you. Oh, my God. Um, it was great. You like being zoomed in. But anyway, so if you are uh, if you want to listen to last week or um, 
if you want to listen to any of the episodes before that, we had six episodes before that. Um, they're awesome. I went back through and listened to a couple of them this past week or past few days, excuse me. Um, and lots of great things said by people on there that I needed to hear again. Um, you can now find control issues on Spotify and on iTunes. Um, just search for control issues. It should pop up with a like peach logo and have my name on it. Um, so feel free to go back in. You can also watch last week. Um, and one of the other Facebook lives on the Control Issues Facebook page. Find it on Instagram, Control Issues 19. Hit me up on Gmail, Control Issues 19 at gmail.com. You can find literally any way you will be able to make contact and um, I will respond diligently and quickly. Um, next week, we'll do this again. As of now, it's going to be Thursday at 6 p.m. TBD, I need to work out some things in my schedule. may move it to Tuesdays at a later time so more people can be a part of it. So I appreciate everyone's flexibility in this time of me not knowing what the heck I'm doing technologically um, or technically, whatever, not even being able to speak English today um, uh, and just like the whole process. So thank you, everyone. Cannot say thank you enough. And thank you to everyone who provided a question. I know there's some questions we didn't get to. Um, like Keaton had some good ones in there too. Um, I'd like to get those tackled next week. So I think that's it. I really appreciate everyone being here. We'll do this again. And uh, in the meantime, you know, Wait, stay I sane. I got something. Adam, what you got? The sage-like wisdom. I found mine. Found it. All right, let's hear your sage-like wisdom to finish this off. Okay, so this is a quote from quote from Neil Gaiman. He's an author. Mm, okay. And um, the moment that you feel, just possibly, you are walking down the street naked, exposing too much of your heart and your mind, and what exists on the inside, showing too much. Hmm. Mic drop. That's Neil. awesome. I think on that note, everyone can mull that over. And if you want, maybe you could send us your sage wisdom, right? If you have a quote you like or something that's some, from your heart that you feel like, shoot it to me on Instagram, send it on Facebook, and we can talk about that more next week. So I hope to see you all then. And, uh, you know, grace and peace, my friends. <laughs>